This is episode 357 of The Real Me and Colon, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to talk about Top Gun Maverick and all the TV shows that he has completed or caught up on. It's going to be a fun time. All that more. This episode starts right now. What is going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of The Real Me and Colon, a movie podcast. I am one of your co-hosts. Chase Lee, and thank you for joining me on this day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are amazing. And speaking of you guys, if there is someone out there, you know, someone in your family or like, you know, someone in your friend circle that just like, I don't like movies. Well, first of all, why are you still friends with them? Why, why, why are you doing this to yourself and your mental health? That's just not fun, you know? Uh, but you know what? I have a solution. What if you spread this episode around, spread this podcast around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to. That would be much appreciated. You guys liking it, sharing it, and doing all that stuff, all the social media stuff, brings a lot of tenderness to my my black ice heart. You know, um, you know, it warms it up just a little bit more each day. Um, I'm not like the Grinch where it's going to grow three sizes too big because then I'll probably have a heart attack and die. But it can at least thaw a little bit. Um, so you know. Uh, there's that. I don't know where I was going with that. But anyways, uh, yes, if you guys could uh, show uh, this uh, episode some support like you guys always do, much appreciated. You guys are awesome. This is episode 357. Like I said at the top, I will be going over Top Gun Maverick. And then uh, I have a bunch of stuff that I've caught up on and finished, and I have uh, some thoughts. Uh, And I would also like to talk about the Thor Love and Thunder trailer, like what I think about the trailer overall, what I think about Christian Bale as gore. Uh, I want to kind of bring the trailer section back, um, you know, if there's something worth talking about. Um, Yeah, I don't don't mind that if something catches my attention. So, but anyways, before I I begin all of that, I got to ask, as usual, you guys doing good? You guys doing okay? Um, It is almost... June, crazy to think about. Memorial Day weekend is coming up. Uh, always remember the people that have sacrificed themselves uh, and given their lives uh, uh, to us, so we can have our freedom. Uh, you know, hearts go out to uh, everyone that has lost a service member. Memorial Day uh, is coming up for a, a lot of people, and so it's also a, a long weekend for a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, uh, it, you know, it, it's going to be going to be one of those weekends. It's going to be crazy. I, I got a friend coming up, um, and so we're going to all hang out and just um, drink, play video games, and eat stuff that we're not supposed to. So basically, when like the wives and the girlfriends like leave, all hell breaks loose, and we just act like children. Now, to be fair, we act like children regardless, but you know, when there's no like supervision around, you can't stop us. That's what I'm saying. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend uh, for me, and I hope everyone else out there has a a, uh, a long weekend, a restful weekend, and uh, you know, maybe you're listening to this. Maybe you, maybe you were convinced to see Top Gun, or maybe you weren't convinced to see Top Gun Maverick. I have no clue. We haven't gotten to that part yet. Um, but yeah, that's all that's going on, settling into my new apartment. Um, I still haven't set up my TV. Um, I wish you guys could see it. It's absolutely goofy as hell. Uh, it's just sitting on an ottoman. And uh, I don't have the proper screws to screw in the bottom uh, uh, legs or whatever. So it's just sitting there on the ottoman. Um, Is it absolutely attractive when I bring people over? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure they look at it and they're like, wow, this guy's got a lot of issues. And so, you know, it's just uh, something I got to deal with. 
anyways, uh, so yeah, that's all that's been going on uh, with my life. Um, and so I've actually caught up on a lot of TV shows this past week. A lot of finales happened. The only finale uh, I had not seen yet uh, is This Is Us. So that's the only one I have not seen at the time of this recording. I'm going to watch it today, but at the time of this recording, I have not seen it yet. But I caught up on everything else. So I finished Ozark. I finished season three of Atlanta. Um, I am caught up with Better Call Saul, like literally two, like the episode that premiered two days ago. Um, yeah, so a lot to talk about uh, TV-wise. So I, I was kind of like just making sure I caught up and everything. Um, I had a date last week and she is a huge fan of Better Call Saul. I was still midway through season five and I was like, Okay, I'm gonna power through this because I, I want to talk about uh, the the uh, the show. So I powered through it, and now I'm all caught up. Cool little hack for everyone, my, my all my U.S. people. Um, if you have a VPN and you do not have AMC or AMC Plus, because I do not have cable, I do not want to pay for another subscription service. If you have a VPN, if you ping your VPN to the United Kingdom, and you open up Netflix, they actually have season six of Better Call Saul on there, and they actually released it weekly. So that is where it uh, its distri distribution model was overseas. I, I, it could be in other countries as well, but um, I was reading an article and it gave me the UK first, so I, I pinged it over there, and that's how I watched it. That's how I, um, I did it. I just pinged my VPN uh, to the UK, and then I would just open up Netflix, and then it would be right there, and I was like, that's awesome. I don't have to uh, pay for another subscription service. So, for uh, uh, even if you aren't uh, in the U.S., uh, I, I have a wonderful friend in Canada, right, Brad? Uh, if you are uh, wanting to watch it and you don't have it, uh, even Brad from Canada could also ping it over to the U.K. Um, and do that. Uh, so, just a little trick uh, I, I learned uh, this past week, and that is how I caught up. Speaking of all these shows, uh, let's start with the smaller one, and we'll kind of build up to um, uh, Ozark and Better Call Saul. Atlanta season three. I've seen a lot of people online not really care for the anthology kind of approach. Every other episode was different, completely different characters, different situation, different time zone even. Um, really just powerful social commentary, right? told in a very darkly funny uh, way while also having some serious notes. It's the way Donald Glover has always worked. And so I I liked season three overall. Is it my favorite? Not really. I still think uh, season two, uh, the car fight and the car meltdown was probably my favorite scene I've seen thus far in this entire series. Um and I like kind of the end of season two uh, overall. But um, yeah, uh, for this one, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm curious to know what they're going to do with season four. Are they going to continue the anthology kind of approach and wrap it up? Or are they going to keep the story uh, straight to the main characters? Because this is the last season uh, that's coming up in the fall. So I, I don't know which way they're going to go. But overall, I liked that they focused on separate characters in each episode, uh, even if they were not a part of the group. Um just told really interesting stories, and I, I liked how 
the show has evolved from where it started about um, a group of guys banding together, helping one of them out to achieve a rap, a rap career. And we are now in territory where the opener for season three was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> so I'm, it's just, it's crazy how much this show has evolved and uh, matured. And I don't expect anything less from Donald Glover. So keep it up. I'm looking forward to season four. Okay. I caught up to Better Call Saul. I knew people were going to die. Uh, I heard about one of them. Um, but watching it as it as it went and more started to die, I'm like, this is making me hella nervous because if you watch the show, you don't know what I'm talking about. So Saul Goodman on the show, Jimmy McGill, uh, is married to uh, uh, someone. Uh, I will not say names, just in case if you haven't seen it and you don't want anything spoiled. But that person that he's with, I've never for, felt more for her life than any other fictional character's life. I'm like, this person's gonna die. I hate it because he's never brought her up in Breaking Bad. It's gonna go down and it's gonna suck. So, um, but I, I thought the show just got better as it went. Season five was like just top-notch stuff and then season six so far is really just intense, intense storytelling. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the final six or seven episodes uh, coming out in a couple months. Uh, the cliffhanger that they left on was pretty good, but um, catching up to it, knowing that I was skeptical at first when it first came out, I was like, why are they doing a spinoff of this character? Let's just leave Breaking Bad alone. I'm going to eat my own words because it's just as good as Breaking Bad. Um, I, I love the show. So I'm excited to see where the final episodes go. I finished Ozark. A lot of... There's a lot of controversy about the ending. Now, just in case if you want to watch it, I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm not that type of person. I'm just not going to do that. So, a lot of people have been complaining that the end is reminiscent of Sopranos and the way it just kind of cut to black. I never saw the Sopranos. I actually saw the the last like five minutes of it. Someone put it on YouTube like way back in the day when I didn't have HBO. I saw it and I was like, I could see why people would be angry if, like, you were uh, following these characters for so many years, you were building up to all this stuff, and then it just kind of leaves the audience to kind of choose from themselves what they think happened uh, after that. So Ozark is kind of the same way, where there is a decision one of the characters is trying to make. Uh, there is a gun pointed towards someone. It cuts to black, and then the gunshot goes off. Now, I can see why a lot of people don't like this ending. For me personally, I thought the final episode wrapped up everything it needed to do. And I thought the ending was interesting, knowing that that gunshot could have gone either way. Uh, and I don't know, there's something kind of exciting about that, knowing that it could have been anyone that that gun was pointed to on the other end. Uh, even though it was directed towards one... It could have been another person just because of the the dynamic and the history that they have with that person. And it was getting to a boiling point. So I could see it going either way. And leaving it kind of up in the air like that, I I, I like it. I mean, it's not it's not my favorite ending of all time, but I, I'm comfortable with it. It's not something that makes me angry or anything. So I, I, I love that show to death. Um... 
it could have had a stronger ending, sure, but um, I, I thought everything wrapped up as well as it could. And does it leave the door open for a future season down the road? Sure. But I don't think Jason Bateman or like Laura Lenny or uh, the two actors that play the kids, I don't think they want to come back. I think this was the farewell. So came back, it would focus on different people. Um, maybe the same drug cartel, but different people. Um, so I, I, like I said, I like the ending. It was fine with me. It could have been better, sure. But I think the series overall is fantastic. And I'm going to be honest with you. Once I'm done with Stranger Things and maybe a couple other shows, I might just cancel Netflix. Like, because like Ozark and like a couple others were like stringing me along. But like now that most of them are done or they, they were just getting canceled or whatever, it's just like, I have no desire to keep it anymore. Like, it was like all of them back to back that I watched, like Bojack Horseman, uh, Ozark, um, uh, Love. Uh, God, what was what was another one that was really good? There's just a, and there's a bunch of them that are ending too. Uh, Never Have I Ever. I actually like that show. Very charming. Uh, that's ending here pretty soon. So there's just a bunch of them that I'm just like, okay, once we're done, I got to make that decision whether we want to keep it or not. But yeah, I uh, uh, finished that one. So as far as my next one goes, I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of want to start Secession, finally. So that might be my next one. Uh, I'm also watching Barry season three. Uh, caught up with that for the episode that just premiered three days ago. I like it. It's not my favorite season of Barry, but um, it's starting to get more interesting. Like episode three and four was when it really kind of kicked into high gear. So um, I'm still sticking along with the show. I'll even watch future seasons because they've already announced season four. So I, I haven't fallen off that train yet, but um, season three, it's fine so far, but it is getting better. But I've, I've enjoyed uh, watching Barry as well. Um, and I think that's about it. And of course, I watch my usual like Family Guy stuff for background noise. Um, some of it's fine. <laughs> some of it's not. I remember back in the day watching Family Guy, and it was uh, some of the funniest things I've ever seen. And I'm sure if I rewatch like some of the older episodes, I'm probably I'll probably think to myself like, "Cool, my juvenile humor has evolved." <laughs> so I guess. Uh, but yeah, uh, just kind of watching uh, that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think I'm gonna start Secession next. I'm excited. I want to get into it because I think season four will come out next year. So I want to kind of be prepared for that. So, but what have you guys been watching? What, what's, uh, what kind of TV has been uh, uh, entering your eyeballs, so to speak? So, uh, yeah, hit me up, uh, email me, tweet at me, whatever you want to do. Let me know what's, what's, uh, what's been going on. So, all right. Let's talk about a trailer. Good old Thor Love and Thunder, which, by the way, comes out in like a month and a half. Even less than that. I think it's like a month and like a week. Or two weeks, so it might, have been, it might be a month and a half. But either way, crazy how fast this is coming. Uh, the first trailer dropped in April. I liked that trailer. I, uh, it was really funny. Um, it looks really cosmic. And I just uh, suspect that a lot of stuff is going to go down in this one. Especially when you're dealing with the villain called Gore the God Butcher. So now the second trailer, because the first one didn't have Gore in it. The second trailer has Gore the God Butcher in it. I still think the story looks really great. And honestly, I think this will probably be the darkest thing that Marvel has ever done. And I'm talking about even more than uh, the Avengers films, even more than the uh, child trafficking opening of Black Widow. I think this is going to be the darkest thing they ever do. 
And the reason why I think that is because Ragnarok was sold as like this Thor comedy in the trailers. And I was like, okay, that's Taika Waititi. Chris Hemsworth is a great improver. Like he he gets it. And this that Ragnarok also was the movie that made him fall in love with the character again. I understand why you would want to promote this as like this goofy little space comedy. But if you if you think about it, he lost a lot of people in that movie. Asgard was destroyed. He lost an eye. The ending of the film, these characters in Asgard were in ruins. It was a dark, dark ending. And then a ship just kind of coming over their ship, because you know it's Thanos, and you know in the Infinity War, uh, or the Infinity Saga is coming to a conclusion. Like, it was some dark stuff. While also balancing with some kind of goofy, zany comedy. That's the way Taika always works. So a lot of things I can suspect from this story is maybe Jane Foster dying, because in the comics, she has cancer, and she uses the the wielding power to uh, not have it temporarily, but once she doesn't don the suit or whatever, I think... I haven't read the comics, but I think, like... Um, uh, she goes back to her human form and she'll she'll have cancer. Thor might die in this one. Um, I think Gore might actually do it. Uh, I think worlds will be destroyed. I think this film will leave the MCU in tethers. Even more so than I think like Doctor Strange and like incursions and all that stuff. I think this one will have the darkest consequences. Eternals is up there with Arishim taking half of the Eternals and like, I'm going to take you for judgment, we'll come back. Obviously, that's going to be a huge thing because someone's going to have to go find them, which the other Eternals are, and I think they're going to also run into uh, Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, and Monica Rambeau in the um, uh, the Marvel's movie. And of course, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is also cosmic, but Thor Love and Thunder is going to be, I think it's going to be one of the darkest ones they, they've ever done. And they're they're masking it as a comedy. They did the same thing for Ragnarok. So I, I have a feeling they're going to do it again. So prepare yourselves. Something big is going to happen. And it's not going to be fun for people. I will just say that. Uh, I don't know anything. This is just my speculation. But uh, yeah, I, I think something really, really bad is going to go down in this one. Whether it be a main character dying or several characters dying or just the consequences for future movies. It's going to be bad, folks. So, um, but yeah, and then as far as the actual trailer, like it. It's upbeat. It, it, it is funny in certain areas. And then when you flip over to the scenes with gore, it's black and white. It's grimy. It's dirty. You can see the look on this man's face. He just wants revenge for his family. And just he just wants to uh, get his revenge on as many gods as possible. The makeup on Christian Bale really highlights... Um, like his eyes and just his his facial work and his body language and it just makes him look creepy and disturbing. I can't wait. The trailer was fantastic. Um, I'm excited to see Christian Bale kind of playing the villain sandbox. You know, we see him uh, do the hero quite a bit. He was Batman, um, but it, it's gonna be great to see him just kind of let loose. Um, so yeah, I really love the trailer. Uh, I think this is gonna have some really dark uh, implications. And I'm excited to go on that ride. I'm excited to see where they go from it. So, yeah, really, really love that trailer. Um, 
looking forward to it. Yeah, just right around the corner of July. Crazy. But uh, yeah, what did you guys think of the trailer? Please let me know down below. And uh, yeah, so hey, you know uh, what's really great? It's Top Gun uh, Maverick opening this weekend in theaters uh, for all of you to see uh, if uh, you choose to do so uh, after you hear my review. But uh, before uh, I get into that, I have actually never seen the first one. So fun stuff. That's all I'm going to lead off with. So when we come back, uh, I will be reviewing Top Gun Maverick. So I'll see you guys soon. And welcome back from the first break. Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about Top Gun Maverick. Now, this one comes to us from Paramount. And if you don't know what this movie is about, it is actually a sequel to the 1986 film, uh, Top Gun. And this one uh, goes as follows. After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the achievement and rank that would ground him. And, of course, that kind of uh, makes him go back to Top Gun uh, to teach a bunch of uh, the, the next generation of pilot fighters and they have to go on a, a mission. So, um, yeah, so going into this, I actually wasn't, like, terribly excited for it. I've actually never seen the first one. Um, so that could be a good thing, though, because I could walk into something really awesome or walk into something that's really confusing and really inside baseball, and I really won't know what's going on. But um, I liked the trailers to it, and I was like, okay, this looks like it could be exciting. Um, maybe I should get off my butt and uh, watch some Top Gun. Never got around to it. So I actually saw this one after seeing the one trailer. Never seen the first one. And so after watching this one, it's fantastic. This is one of the best blockbusters I've seen all year. Uh, it's one of the best ones I've seen in the past couple years that really kind of stands out. Um, I just, it, it's an all-around just good movie. I have really nothing bad to say about it. Nothing at all. I was just watching and just kind of realizing, wow, this is this is just a good time. It, it's it's an exhilarating film. It's an intense film. It'll keep you on the edge of your seat, while also having like a heart of gold. What what's better than that? So uh, yeah, I really like this one, and I saw it in the IMAX. And so if you want to venture out to see it this weekend, I would highly implore you to see it in the IMAX or like the biggest screen possible or the biggest sound system possible. It is that immersive. So jumping into, uh, let's start with director Joseph uh, Kaczynski. Uh, so I've actually never seen Oblivion, which was uh, his previous effort with Tom Cruise. Just one of the ones I just kind of slipped. Uh, was that the same year as Edge of Tomorrow? If it was, or like a year before, or a year after, I don't remember. But I just remember they were kind of close together. I saw Edge of Tomorrow and I loved it, but I just never saw Oblivion. But I did see Only the Brave. Uh, I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a second and let you guys know that Only the Brave is a firefighter movie um, that's also just as intense, also has uh, a heart of gold. Um, it, it's it's kind of got the same feel to it. And Only the Brave is such an underrated movie. I remember when that came out, <clears throat> I saw it with my dad, and there was hardly anyone in the theater. And like I was like, yeah, let's just go see this. It looks pretty pretty good because um, his brother and my uncle are uh, firefighters, so like, you know, we like firefighters, right? And so, like, you know, we're like, this looks like a really good emotional story. So we took uh, we took a plunge on it, and it was wonderful. Like, it was so good. And so I was shocked that no one was talking about it. So that was his previous effort. And so 
him directing Top Gun Maverick, I didn't I didn't really know because uh, like like I said, he he's worked with Tom Cruise before, but I just never saw that one. But I really like the way Kaczynski utilizes aerial photography and sound design and editing for these intense just immersive sequences in the air where you feel like you are in the the pilot seat with these people going through these crazy maneuvers and going throughout this crazy mission you really feel like you're there and the the just explosiveness of the cinematography and the editing and the sound design kind of coming together to really create just this wonderful suspenseful experience it's some of the best aerial photography I've ever seen in a film. Um, and you can shoot beautiful aerial photography all you want. You could have like the most gorgeous shot. But if you can't piece it together and tell a story or uh, heighten it with um, um, sound, it doesn't make a difference. It, it doesn't have the same impact. So all the dogfighting sequences and all of just the flying in general, it was just wonderful stuff. And knowing that Tom Cruise actually flew it because... He just does it. He that's what he that's Tom Cruise. Um, just makes all all more difference. Really, it it just makes his character feel more believable. And so, uh, I loved every single thing that had to do with the jets in the air. Really, just magical stuff. And honestly, I realize it's only the halfway point. This film could be nominated for editing. It's that good. I I, I truly think it is. Um, Especially when they said they shot like 800 hours of like aerial footage. Like that's a daunting task to kind of piece it together and, and make a coherent story. Make a, uh, a story unfold the way it does. It was super impressive. So yes, I, I really I, I really like uh, Kaczynski's kind of vision for this film. And making it feel authentic and raw and gritty and real <clears throat> as much as he can. With uh, the, the actors and the the uh, fire jets and just making it seem really uh, authentic. In terms of the actual, <clears throat> excuse me. In terms of the actual story, I've never seen the first one, so I have no idea whose love interest is with who. I have no idea who he's friends with. I'm aware of Val Kilmer, <clears throat> excuse me, but I was never aware of anything else from the other movie. I will say the actual story was awesome. Like, the actual, like, human story, getting to know this character for the first time for myself, I felt like I had known him for 30 years because it was written really well and it really kind of showed us this deep emotional layer and this this regret and trauma and all this baggage that he kind of has on his shoulder, Tom Cruise's character. And we see him kind of just fighting through the pain, whether it be um, in the air or on the ground. And I, I thought it was just a really grounded human story. Um... And there was just a lot going on with him that he, he kind of had to work out. And there was a really wonderful scene between him and Val Kilmer's character that made me cry. And I don't have any connection towards these people. So I thought that was really well done, really well directed. Um, especially with like those scenes uh, uh, going against like the, the jet scenes in the air. These are a little bit more calmer. They are more subdued. They just let the scene breathe a little bit and let the characters kind of flourish and really tap into their own psyches. I I just, I loved it. I love the way it would just kind of go fast and slow down, go fast and slow down and really just take you on this like smooth roller coaster ride that didn't feel bumpy whatsoever. So you guys actually like the story of Tom Cruise's character and uh, really feeling like I, I had known him for quite some time. 
Um, Jennifer Connelly is the love interest. I actually liked her part quite a bit. Uh, really just sweet, endearing, and uh, you can really feel the history between them. Didn't really feel forced. I, I liked their chemistry. Um, and then as far as all the new people go, they're all, they're all pretty good. Uh, the ones that stand out, obviously, they're big names like Glenn Powell and um, Miles Teller. Miles Teller is the heart of the story because um, he carries on from a legacy from the first film, which, once again, had never seen it. So I didn't know if I was going to feel any type of emotional connection, but I did because the acting was just that good. And the writing and how the story unfolded and really letting you know that these people really cared about people in the past, like, you felt that. And so... Miles Teller's legacy role, he is the heartbeat of the, the story, and I loved him and Tom Cruise's interactions and them getting into it and then them working together. It was just a really great camaraderie on screen, and I just really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I thought I thought all the new people were really great as a as a collective, but obviously the ones that stand out, Glenn Powell was the, um, the one that was kind of the cocky guy, um, and you knew that, like, you know, he's likable to some degree, but, like, you just... You just don't really care for him, and then um, you know, as the movie kind of progresses, you're like, okay, he's just—he's got a hard shell. <laughs> he puts on a tough game, um, but he actually also has a heart of gold. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned the cinematography in the air, but the cinematography also on the ground was also really crisp. It was really clean. Some really beautiful wide shots of uh, when we were on the helicarrier, or like when we were just on the beach, or just whatever. I thought it was a beautiful looking film. The music was also awesome. I heard from the first one, the music is uh, cheesy 80s music. It really is in its time. Um, uh, and so I, I uh, yeah, I like the music with this one too. Of course, you know, uh, Danger Zone, uh, the popular one from the first one, it's in this one as well. And then uh, Lady Gaga also has a song. Hans Zimmer also was a part of the score in some way, shape, or form because there was three people attached to the music. Um, yeah, just really great stuff. It really it taps into this nostalgic uh, era while also doing something a little bit more, more modern and a little bit more fresh. And I thought it was just a great combination of all. Um, so yeah, I really, I really dug this. If you were just going to watch it for... Uh, the dog fights in the sky, it's more than justified for a ticket. I'm dead serious. Like, if that's all you want to see in a two-hour and 11-minute runtime, you get you get the first one, you get the second one. Well, there's one. There's a prologue kind of sequence in the beginning, but you, you get four types of action sequences, um, and they're all just as intense. Uh, the first couple are, like, training, and then, like, the last two are the mission. Just great stuff. So... Yeah, I, I really like this one quite a bit. Uh, if you're looking for a film to see uh, this Memorial Day weekend, I would highly suggest this one. Um, it's it's It was shocking on how good it was and how much of a fun time I had, even though I had never seen the first one. Which, homework for me, I need to see the first one now. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I recommend this one. And then is my review of Top Gun Maverick. Please let me know down below or tweet at me or email me uh, what you thought of the movie. Uh, that would be much appreciated. I want to get everyone's feedback on it. But that will do it for this week's episode of the Real Man Coleman Movie Podcast, episode 357 is in the bag. Um, here are uh, some things to look forward to from me that I do have booked coming up in the future. So uh, next Wednesday on June 1st, I have a Crimes of the Future screening. Uh, the following Tuesday, I have a Jurassic World Dominion screening. And then the next day, I have a Lightyear screening. So guess what? You're going to get some episodes. Uh for like the next like few
few weeks. So I think Crimes of the Future opens up on June 3rd. I could be wrong. Uh, so that might be the episode I do uh, next week. And then the following week would be Jurassic World Dominion. And I think the week after that would be Lightyear. Uh, so that's kind of how I have it set up right now. If I have time, I will squeeze in the Bob's Burgers movie um, if I choose to do that. Um, so yeah, uh, that that's uh, what's going on. That's what I have uh, booked so far. Um, so yeah, look out for all that good stuff. So once again, like I told you last week, I'm going to try to keep it more consistent. So, uh, but yeah, that will do it for this week's episode of the Real Men Corner Movie Podcast. Thank you for joining me on this day or night or whenever you're listening to this. I am Chase Lee. And uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are awesome. And I will see you guys next week for another great episode of this wonderful show. Goodbye. Goodbye.